0: let us uh, recite today uh, section 8, page 13. It's a very short uh, recital. Discourse on the benefit of living friendliness. Thus have I heard at one time, the Buddha was living in Savati at Jetas Grove at the Park of Anathapindika. There the Buddha addressed the bhikkhus, O oh, bhikkhus, just when Bhavisar, those bhikkhus, replied, The Buddha said, O oh, bhikkhus, there are eleven benefits from the practice of loving-friendliness that arise from the emancipation of the heart, if repeated, developed, made much of, made a habit of, made a basis of experience, practiced, well-prestated, these 11 benefits are expected. What 11, one sleeps well, gets up well, does not have nightmares, becomes affectionate to human beings, becomes affectionate to non-human beings, the deities protect one, Neither fire, nor poison, nor weapon affect one. One's mind becomes calm, immediately one's complexion bleeds. One dies without confusion. Beyond that, if one does not comprehend the thirst, one goes <coughs> the world. No. I believe you have heard these uh, 11 benefits more than once. Most of the metta meditation teachers, I believe, know these 11 benefits and they repeat them in their talks, instructions to meditators. I particularly included them here too. And these are very lofty achievements, (coughs) results of metta practice. We don't need anything else if we get these 11 benefits. And sometimes Some people tend to make metta practice a miracle. It is There is no miraculous power in it, no magic in it, but it is very real and practical. Somehow, there are three aspects that many people doubt and question. Those three aspects are, three benefits are, the medita- metta meditators will not be affected by fire, poison and weapon definitely a question can arise in people's minds if somebody is in deep metta meditation practice someone comes behind and stab or shoot doesn't that uh, blade of knife or the bullet go through the body if somebody accidentally or deliberately put poison into one's food while the person practicing metta eats that food, doesn't that poison go into his body? Or when one is in a kuti or a house and deep deeply involved in metta practice doesn't if the house is on fire doesn't the person be affected by the fire? These are the questions many people have in their mind when they recite these eleven benefits. And Buddha has clarified it very clearly. These are not any superstitious beliefs, superstitious benefits. And he clarified this fire, poison and weapon in his discourses. In Aditya paryaya Sutta for example, he mentioned because eyes are on fire, visual objects are on fire, eye consciousness is on fire, eye contact is on fire. Whatever sensation arises through the contact, eye contact, whether pleasant, unpleasant or neutral, that also is on fire. Fire of what? Fire of greed, hatred, and delusion. Fire of birth, decay, death, sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair. These are the fires. Similarly, our hatred is a fire. Our delusion is a fire. Our greed is a weapon, hatred is a weapon, delusion is a weapon, greed is a poison, hatred is a poison, delusion is a poison. You may have read in many places three powerful poisons, greed, hatred and delusion. When we practice metta, these are the poisons, fires, and weapons that would not affect us. How can fire of hatred affect the one who practices metta? How can the poison of of greed, hatred, and delusion affect the one who practices metta? How can the fire, weapon and greed of <clears throat> delusion affects one who practices metta? When the mind becomes calm, relaxed and peaceful, that is the time metta naturally grows. Without letting greed, hatred and delusion take they <clears throat> affect them. Greed, hatred, and delusion definitely subside when we practice metta. And even if somebody does something to hurt us, make us angry, when we practice metta, we can easily remain calm, relaxed and peaceful. And in other discourses Buddha has mentioned very clearly that if one practices metta under no circumstance the person would give up metta practice. Even if somebody attacks us physically while receiving the physical blows, one can practice metta towards that person. And this is exactly what the Buddha has mentioned in Kakachupama Sutra. Discourse on sword Simile. And he said, if somebody <clears throat> does not practice Metta at the time when somebody attacks him or her, that individual does not follow the Dhamma that Buddha taught us. Somebody who practices dhamma, practices metta, will not hate the person who attacks him or her. Buddha goes to a very extreme length, saying in Kakachupa Sutta, even if somebody cuts one's own limbs one by one, even at that time, if one allows anger to arise in him, that person does not practice the Dhamma, the ta- Buddha taught, does not follow the Buddha's advice. So this goes along with a great deal of patience, understanding, the benefit of metta is definitely inside for ourselves. We arouse it. The benefit doesn't come from outside. As we have mentioned several times, all we cultivate within ourselves, people always complain that They don't receive enough love, enough attention, enough care from others. Sometimes when people are very upset, angry, always complaining, they expect others to respect them, take care of them, and show them love. Just imagine when you are always complaining, grumbling, bickering, quarrelling, always in anger. How can others respect you, love you, take care of you? This happens many a time to all the people who really deserves young people's respect, care. But when all older, older the people are very upset all the time, angry all the time, full of hatred, young people eventually get tired of them. They cannot get close to them. They themselves feel very upset. So if we expect expect respect, veneration, love and care, we must prepare our own mind and heart to receive it whenever it comes. We cannot demand others to give us something we don't deserve. We must make ourselves worthy of receiving their love and respect. French metta practitioners are well-deserved. Respect, love and care from others. Even if they are in filthy state, others would love to take care of them, clean them up feeding them, clothing them, wearing them, because they are full of love, full of metta, and they really deserve our compassion, our care. So this has a very great uh, benefit. (coughs) We not only Recite words, but we have to cultivate. Having recited these words even million times, if you do not put them into practice, parroting words doesn't mean anything. You cannot shout at somebody asking him or her to practice metta, you cannot curse others for not practicing metta. You cannot curse others if you practice metta. So it's all depends on our own individual personal development. The fire, poison and weapon are within ourselves. Inside our own mind, external fire, poison, weapon definitely affect us even while practicing metta. They burn our body. They hurt our body. They poison our body. But friends, external burn external hurt external poison is not as great as internal burn internal weapon and internal poison internal poison can be removed from metta Internal weapon can be made ineffective by metta. Internal fire can be quenched by metta. So it all boils down to our own inner practice. No matter how hard we ask others some kind of powers to make us peaceful and happy, Day and night we will never be peaceful and happy. No one can make us peaceful and happy. As I mentioned that little fable of hiding secret of happiness, that secret is in our own mind where we don't look at we always seek peace and happiness outside. Here, the Buddha has given us a very powerful method of cultivating peace and happiness within ourselves. That is metta, compassion, appreciative joy, and equanimity. Sometimes Buddha mentions, especially in Anguttara Nikaya, f- fifth section, that there are five ways of dealing with fire, poison, and weapon. One is practicing metta. Second is practicing compassion. Third is forgiving those who have caused us pain and suffering, created internal misery. Those who have made our life very painful, we learn to forgive them, forget them, forget the incidents. fourthly practicing appreciate practicing equanimity and the fifth is trying to understand each other's karma somebody who causes us harm definitely creates unwholesome karma and we don't want to be a part of it by generating greed, hatred towards that person. Hatred is unwholesome karma, mental kamma. Vyapada is one of the ten unwholesome karmas created in our own mind as the mind is the generator, the source and spring of all unwholesome, or wholesome comers. Even if we do not express in words and do something in deed to express our anger, we burn within ourselves because of our own anger. That is the immediate results of our unwholesome karma. Whether karma is wholesome or unwholesome, the benefits are immediate, and some other benefits are remote. We may forget the remote benefits but we cannot forget the immediate benefit. We go through that, we experience it. Hatred is definitely unwholesome karma that brings us unwholesome results, painful results immediately. Similarly, practicing metta is a wholesome karma which produces its result immediately. We are not fully aware of their remote benefits, future benefits. We leave the future benefits for the future. We dwell right now in the present moment, What we experience now is more important than what we may experience in future. As we practice metta, we experience tremendous calm, relaxed, peaceful benefits. And this is even what we do in mindfulness meditation. We see the benefits of wholesome thoughts, words, did right away. <coughs> and this is why the Buddha mentioned in mindfulness discourses Parimukam Sati Upadta Sato Vasasati Sato Painful, Paying mindful attention to the present moment's experience, one breathes in and one breathes out. While breathing in and out, if we experience this very moment, unwholesome, karmic force, we become aware of it. And deliberately, mindfully, we let it go. Cultivate wholesome karma right away. We don't have to wait too long. The so paying total undivided mindful attention to the present experience is an extremely important training of our mind. One may not understand this very quickly until one keeps practicing seeing the benefit immediately. This is why the Buddha said the Dhamma is immediately effective, unaffected by time, akhalika. Dhamma operates by itself independent of anything bringing us results immediately. When anger arises, we don't have to wait two seconds to experience the pain of anger. When we practice metta, we don't have to wait one second to see the benefit of metta. This is the nature of Dhamma that Buddha taught us and that is why he said the Dhamma is immediately effective, unaffected by time and space. In mindfulness training we see this. Friends, we don't need any external certification, recognition, approval to see this benefit. Only when we sincerely, honestly meditate without getting carried away with various views, ideas, opinions, paying total, undivided attention to our experience, we can see these benefits. Wholesome or unwholesome results, depending on the mental states. You can speak from your own experience. You cannot borrow others' experiences. You are your own laboratory. To experiment this reality you can go into other's laboratory. We use external laboratories in physics, something material, but it has nothing to do with our own inner experience. Whatever materially we see, hear, smell, taste, touch are all material. Whatever we experience internally is our own. And you are the witness. You are the testimony. You are the experimenter and the one who sees the results. This is why the Buddha said, this Dhamma is for the one who is wise. This is the Dhamma that only wise individuals see for themselves. Pachyattam veditabbo vinyuhi Wise individuals sees, sees the benefit of the practice by themselves. So what we do in meditation is not something outside, but we experience them paying total, mindful, undivided attention to our present, current, immediate experience, We don't need any logic to understand this. All we need is clear, pure attention without greed, hatred, and delusion. So, friends, I think I have spoken enough of the benefit of metta, the benefit of the practice, the way how we look at our experiences and eliminate all delusions, all superstitions from the practice of metta. Every part of these 11 benefits is real, practical, down-to-earth benefits. None of them is superstitious. None of them has any magic. This is a very powerful psychological, realistic, practical dhamma. I hope you all benefit from this. If you practice sincerely, honestly, to achieve these benefits. With this, I will stop talking and let you experience the benefits.